1: real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary
2: you know that class action lawsuit against microsoft that was dismissed yeah that was refiled for april 14th 2023 this is let's play daily gaming news Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, we'll check out what Square Enix showed off about Final Fantasy 16 at yesterday's State of Play. And we'll check out a conversation from WDET's Culture Shift going into detail about the massive U.S. intelligence leaks. To follow up on one of the antitrust lawsuits Microsoft is facing, the 10 gamers who had their antitrust lawsuit dismissed last month have refiled, amending their initial allegations with an additional 73 pages of information. To recap from last December, these 10 gamers initially filed to block Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard, claiming that the merger would result in higher prices, less innovation, less creativity, less consumer choice decreased output and many other potential anti-competitive effects, which was dismissed due to a lack of evidence. Now with this refiling, the plaintiffs are backing up their initial claims with redacted documents from both Microsoft and Sony, with most of the documents pertaining to Microsoft's 10-year agreements. However, details not already known to the public were redacted in the filing. Microsoft's lawyers responded to the refiling by asserting that the plaintiffs' claims are flawed. Microsoft's lawyers also pointed out that the plaintiffs took 11 months to file their antitrust lawsuit, claiming the plaintiffs wasted several months filing a, quote, implausible complaint. In a statement to Reuters yesterday, Microsoft doubled down on calling the plaintiff's claims implausible. At the end of the day, though, this antitrust lawsuit is looking like it's going to proceed. Now we have to wait and see if the plaintiff's new evidence is enough to proceed to trial. Sony put on the Final Fantasy XVI State of Play yesterday, which was a 30-minute gameplay showcase of Final Fantasy XVI. Most of the presentation has been a rehashing of what they've already revealed, stuff like Clive being the sole playable character and massive primal kaiju battles. Though, Square Enix did reveal a couple of new things. In particular, they reveal some gameplay systems that I'm pretty familiar with, like the Hunt System, which is a bounty board to kill specific monsters, similar to Final Fantasy 12 or XIV's hunt system. The action-oriented battle system still reminds me of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, but mechanically, if you've spent any time playing Final Fantasy XIV, you should be pretty well equipped for most of what it looks like Final Fantasy XVI is going to throw at you. But hey, if you don't like the action, you can always play the story mode, I guess. Uh, We also saw some very typical Final Fantasy fare like Chocobos and Moogles, but there's also a few things missing. Clearly, the protagonist, Clive, has actually access to magical abilities but I wonder how much classic Final Fantasy magic plays into the battle system. If you really enjoy playing a strict mage class in Final Fantasy, I'm worried there may not be much here for you. What I'm far less concerned about after this presentation are the large primal kaiju battles. It appears these are mostly going to be reserved for large narrative-driven set-piece fights, which is probably the best use for them. Overall, I'm steadily getting more excited to check out Final Fantasy 16 when it drops on June 22, 2023. And now, I'd like to share a discussion that was held yesterday on WDET's Culture Shift. For about six months, I've been contributing a segment at 1 p.m. on Thursdays for Culture Shift called The One Update, where we discuss pressing issues in the gaming and streaming world in a bit more depth than we do here on Let's Play. This week, we ended up talking about the major U.S. intelligence leaks and their connection to the video game world.
3: It's time for one update on Culture Shift.
2: So let's talk about some major military intelligence leaks. Uh, this has been one of the top news stories here in the United States for weeks now and I'm a little bit surprised because I've been covering this for months and this is the first time that it's like oh okay people are actually understanding that this is this is really important so uh, there have been I'm gonna talk about two leaks the first happened all the way back in January and this also happened around a discord server there's a game it's called War Thunder, and it is a dogfighting game. You fly jets. You try to shoot other people's jets down. Well, War Thunder players were trying to settle disputes And they did that by leaking classified military documents relating to the F-16 fighter jet and the F-15E U.S. strike fighter plane. Uh, These documents were circulated on the War Thunder Reddit uh, during a heated argument about realism in the game, despite the fact that the F-15E is not In War Thunder. So uh, trying to settle an online argument by uh, leaking classified military documents. So this was the first big leak. It's unrelated to the one that's causing so many issues right now. But we see that this is a pattern of behavior inside of gamer circles this is not unheard of the second leak and this is the one that's getting all of the attention right now uh, over a dozen individuals amassed hundreds of military documents in a now deleted server related to the game minecraft this is all the way back in january of this year so both of these leaks taking place at roughly the same time the Origin of these leaks. So these documents contain communications between Ukraine, Israel, South Korea, and the U.S. detailing Ukraine's spring operations against Russia. So these are very serious. Actually, top secret documents Uh, in early March. The documents just sat on this Minecraft server uh, for two months before someone started leaking dozens of documents on Russian social media. The U.S. government only became aware of the leak when the documents started showing up on this Russian social media site. Now, that brings us to, uh, you know, earlier last month, uh, the DOJ and FBI have begun an investigation into uh, this server, Uh, their membership and whoever took pictures of top military secrets, both the DOJ and the FBI are treating this leak. As an act of treason So this is very serious The FBI even came out and said They're sparing no expense When trying to uh, track this individual down Uh, Today, Microsoft's President Brad Smith Weighed in on the leak Smith claims that a Russian private military corporation The Wagner Group uh, Is using gaming communities To circulate leaked information Noting that gaming communities Are notorious about spreading information Quickly, There's also uh, another point here that he doesn't say that I think should also be said is that there's not a whole lot of oversight of the information that appears on, uh, you know, discord and gaming groups. So this is this is something that's very serious and without oversight was allowed to sit and fester for months on this discord server.
1: So I have two things come to mind here. Uh, One is that if if this was I, uh, if these were leaks from Russian hackers, why why go through a Minecraft Discord and why go through Discord at all in the first place? If you're if it's ending up back on Russian social media, yeah. uh, w- w- that seems like an indirect way of getting information out. And two, w- you know what else was happening in, in January and around roughly around this time period was all of this media coverage of uh, not only classified documents at uh, Mar-a-Lago, yeah. uh, you know, Trump's home in Florida, but also classified documents that uh, the Biden administration had in uh, unverified or, or places. So it seems like there's, I know these probably not connected, but right around this time, it seems like there's a lot of conversation happening about the safety and the actual privacy of, Highly classified information.
2: I I do. I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, ready to make the jump that those are necessarily connected, but they are thematically very connected. Uh, And you're right. A lot of these concerns and a lot of these leaks happening around the same time as these concerns about classified documents showing up at private residence of politicians. So that's what Microsoft President Brad Smith had to say. And I agree with you, thinking that it was a Russian. Private military group you know it 's a little like going past your your wrist or uh, going past your elbow to scratch your wrist it doesn 't make a whole lot of sense so wa- the Washington Post has been really on top of uh, covering and reporting about this story. They released a report yesterday where they interviewed several members of the Discord group in question. Now, calling this a Minecraft Discord server is a bit of a misnomer. It may have had a, a relation to Minecraft. It may have been themed off of Minecraft, but I want to make it clear that there was no official uh, connection or affiliation to the game Minecraft. All of the individuals there may have played the game Minecraft, but anyone can start a Discord server for any reason uh, themed after any game they want to. There's a lot of customization options. So I just want to make this clear that even though people are calling this a Minecraft server, this has absolutely nothing to do with the game Minecraft itself. So the Washington Post uh, has said that the prime suspect is believed to be a young gun enthusiast uh, who was part of this server, or actually ran the server, uh, and the Washington Post is uh, identifying him as OG. That's what the members of the Discord uh, will refer to him as. Uh, The Washington Post interviewed a whole bunch of members of the tightly knit Discord. Uh, They did so on the condition of anonymity, uh, but they told... The Washington Post that OG would recall his uh, recall and post near verbatim transcripts of classified intelligence documents in the discord messages that later uh, became just pictures of classified documents and. Um, OG indicated that he brought this information home from an undisclosed military base. Uh, OG would also translate this information and intel speak for the Discord members who were unfamiliar with the terminology. OG eventually started sharing classified information via photos and documents themselves instead of just transcribing them. So
1: photos have identification information attached to them, though, so it seems like it would be... Easy to find this person. It, it, it,
2: yes, uh, assuming that they didn't strip all of the metadata before posting it. That is a possibility. Um, the Discord server eventually changed names after OG uh, stated that his, uh, you know, started the intelligence leak, uh, establishing himself as the leader of the group and the leader of the Discord. Uh, it then became renamed to Thug Shaker Central. So if you hear references to something called Thug Shaker, Shaker central they're referring to the actual discord server that these members were a part of uh og required members to comment on uh most of the information being released og allowed members to hurl epithets and crude jokes and didn't allow members to post information in other discords there is a pattern of behavior here that i'm finding very very disturbing and i'd like for everyone to hear uh one of a couple of these discord members in their own words uh this was one of the anonymous members interviewed by the washington post uh about what type of person og was i was first made aware of these documents i want to
3: say about six to eight months ago i was in a discord server by the name of doug shaker central And in this channel, there was classified documents being posted by a user who I refer to as OG from this point. The documents were often listed as Ukraine versus Russia at first. However, it slowly spiraled into just intelligence about everything. There's talks of foreign intelligence agencies, who's supplying what and what wars, who's funding certain things. There's talks of nuclear weaponry. I mean, that's hardly touching the iceberg. There's just stuff that if your tax dollars are funding these atrocities, then you should be able to know about it.
1: So Nate, the, as you mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, he's being referred to as a young gun enthusiast. Yep. How do we know he's young? How do we know any information about this person whatsoever?
2: Uh, we don't have anything confirmed. The New York Times has published who they believe uh, the person is that is referred to as OG here. Uh, who uh, I, I'm, I'm not uh, confident enough to be able to repeat that uh, reporting. I haven't looked through that close enough, uh, but they've. Feel confident in publishing who they believe it is. Um, so, you know, just as, uh, you know, full disclosure, there are names being circulated in connection with who they think this person is. Uh, on February 28th, a member of Thug Shaker Central started leaking information on a number of discords. On March 4th, 10 documents appeared on the Discord Minecraft Earth map. Uh, OG quit posting on Thug Shaker Central in the middle of March. And then on April 4th, the U.S. finally became aware of the leak when these classified documents made it to Russian Telegram channels and 4chan message boards. Uh, again, you know, uh, some very disturbing patterns of behavior going here. And, uh, you know, the the guy, this OG, uh, is it seems like clearly older than many of these members and is using a lot of different methodologies to influence them and and i i worry about the the politics and the ideology behind some of this i would not call a geo whistleblower in the slightest i don't think that there was a
3: goal nor some sort of accomplishment that he was looking for in sharing these documents of course there's some anti-government sentiment but that's not unlike most right-wingers in the modern day and age. O.G. was not hostile to the U.S. government. However, he had disagreed with several occasions such as Waco and Ruby Ridge and thought that the government is overreaching in several aspects. There was no heavy Snowden-like conspiracy here like some people may believe. He is not a Russian operative. He is not a Ukrainian operative. I'll go as far to say he's not even on the east side of the world. Any claims that he is a Russian operative or pro-Russian is categorically false. He did see himself as the leader of this group, and ultimately he was the leader of this group. And he wanted us all to be sort of super soldiers to some degree, informed, fit with God, well-armed, stuff like that.
1: Hold up. So this kind of changes the entire, I guess I have to agree with you that the New York Times is reporting this might be a 21-year-old member of U.S. National Guard. But this guy saying this person, this OG, was trying to influence the members of this group to have Probably some pretty significant opinions on things like Waco and Ruby Ridge, which... Absolutely a lot of people don't know younger don't know about
2: yeah yeah and what is pretty clear through these interviews and through other information that the Washington Post has reported on is that the members of well you know the the leader OG may have been a 21 year old serviceman that the other members of this group were considerably younger considerably more in uh, you know uh, susceptible to influence and you're absolutely right What have no context for things like Waco or Ruby Ridge, and these are things that we hear from white nationalists, from the alt right. Uh, you know, these are one of the first things that are brought up in that alt right pipeline. And so, my concern here, you know, we've we've seen so much, we've heard so much concern about grooming. This is the kind of grooming that I think is of equal concern, if not greater concern. This is the type of stuff that, you know, through other gaming channels gets a direct pipeline to young influenced ears whether we're talking about discord servers whether we're talking about playstation network whether we're talking about xbox live the oversight of many of these platforms does not exist the fact that it does not exist allows folks like this to say hey that was a fun game we just played. Why don't you join my Discord server that's filled with military leaks and information about Ruby Ridge? I, I think that that's necessary for parents to understand that that is the potential for when your kid goes out there and joins a game of Call of Duty. There is always that potential for the other person on the other end of that game or one of your teammates in that game to be OG, And I think that that's really of real material concern to both gamers and to parents. And we've actually seen that it started to become uh, a, a concern to the government as well. Uh, there's a congressional probe on how game developers handle reports of extremism. Uh, and that's with Massachusetts representative Lori Trahan. That's currently working its way through. Most gaming companies did not even comply with the request for information from uh, Representative Trahan. This is a real problem, and it needs to be addressed. And the video game industry has been really good at addressing problems that arise internally. But I don't know that this is a problem that it can solve. There needs to be oversight, and there there needs to be some sort of government entity stepping in and saying, okay, we need to do a better job at preventing extremism from spreading in our community.
1: Has there been any word from... Uh is there a company that owns the Discord server as a whole? Or is there any 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 information coming out from them?
2: The only statement that Discord has provided is that they are complying with uh, requests from law enforcement uh, and that they had no other statement at this time.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Nate Bender is a longtime gaming journalist. He uh, produces the daily gaming news podcast called Let's Play. Also brings us the one update each week here on 1019 WDET's Culture Shift.
2: Huge thank you to Amanda WDET and WDET's program director Jerome Vaughn for allowing me to share that conversation with you today. So, some additional information broke after the recording of this week's one update, which is kind of the curse of the segment. Additional information always breaks right after the segment airs. However, the leader of Thug Shaker Central has been identified and arrested. The leaker is 21-year-old Jack Tasheria, a member of the Intelligence wing of the Massachusetts Air National Guard. Both the Department of Justice and the Department of Defense have declined to comment on the ongoing investigation. To check out more One Update content, visit WDET.org or a link will be provided in today's show description. All right, we've already run very long and we're not going to subject you to a podcast review this week, so let's get right into some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday. published an open letter to the gaming community following the Game Developers Conference allegations. Iseman first addressed why an organization like Women in Games exists, pointing out that women make up 23% of the total workforce in gaming on average, with this average skewing lower for jobs like programming. Iseman lists more reasons to have an advocacy group for women in gaming, including gender discrimination at the leadership level and issues with maternity and childcare. Iseman wrote, quote, These are very basic reasons why Women in Games exists and is still required, to support women through their careers and help change attitudes within studios. Iseman continues to outline the harassment and toxicity women face in gaming, citing the Brighter Female Games survey, which showed a rise in toxicity in gaming in general. However, women faced much, quote, darker and threatening forms of harassment, including being sexualized, sexually stereotyped, and aggressively quizzed about their, quote, gaming skills, which usually further bloomed into violent verbal abuse and threats of sexual assault, with harassment persisting outside of the game, developing into stalking behavior and actual threats to women's safety and life. All of this in conjunction with the GDC allegations, Issamen warned that, quote, "...we are going backwards as an industry." And listen, I have to agree, the video game industry has done very little in the way of cleaning house, which is leading to the rise of unchecked discrimination and harassment of women in all facets of gaming. To further drive home Marie Claire Isseman's point, a month ago, Massachusetts representative Lori Trahan released the summary of her probe into the gaming industry. Trahan last year, prompted by the Anti-Defamation League's report about the rise in extremism in gaming, asked 14 gaming companies about their moderation processes, asking specifically how these gaming companies monitor, flag, report and ban users who engage in extremist and terrorist behavior. Out of the 14 companies, five responded. Epic Games detailed that they have a team of 1,500 specialists who address player reports in Fortnite, though didn't elaborate on their processes. Sony highlighted a PS5 function that allows for players to record footage to include in their incident reports. Tencent said it prioritized reports made by miners. The indie developer behind Among Us, Intersloth, reported that it uses a name randomizer for players under 13, and Roblox was the only one that actually addressed extremism and terrorism in gaming. They responded that they actually have a dedicated team to review terrorism and violent extremism. The Electronic Software Association also issued its own response to Representative Trahan, outlining recent parental controls and moderation efforts from other game companies. However, the ESA also tried to downplay the significance of extremism and terrorism in gaming, by saying that the concern is based entirely on the overuse of the term, quote extremism, and continued to boast about the moderation of the gaming industry by stating, quote, where harmful behavior surfaces, our industry addresses it promptly which is just a flat-out lie. The subtext of that statement is that video game companies don't actually see white supremacy as extremism or terrorism. Though, there is a silver lining here. Representative Trahan stated that she was not satisfied with the gaming industry's responses either, stating that she's disappointed that these companies couldn't or wouldn't provide their policies regarding extremism. Hopefully, Representative Trahan can properly apply pressure to the gaming industry and get them to actually take this issue seriously. On Monday, the Anti-Defamation League released their 2023 Holocaust Denial Report Card. The report card is used to evaluate social media and gaming companies' policies and moderation on Holocaust denial grading these companies on seven points, which includes if the platform has an explicit Holocaust denial policy and general hate policy, along with measuring companies' response times regarding reports of Holocaust denial, noting if the company responded within 24 hours of the report and gave notifications on actions taken. The ADL also looked into if action was taken if the report was from an average user or a trusted ADL partner. Surprisingly, out of the ten companies graded through this rubric, none of them were given a grade above C+, and gaming companies did worse with two outright failing. One of those companies is Epic Games, who was given an F. Epic failed to respond to reports and does not disclose if action was taken. Epic Games does have a general hate policy but does not have a Holocaust denial policy. Activision Blizzard did slightly better getting a D-minus. Activision does have a general hate policy, and what bumped them up is that they will disclose actions taken if ADL partners inquire. Lastly, Riot Games did the best, getting a C-. Riot has a general hate policy, responds to reports, and gives notifications of actions taken. With these poor grades, the ADL is encouraging all social media and gaming companies to amend their moderation policies and add explicit policies on Holocaust denial to make moderation quick and consistent. The ADL also points out that lacks moderation policies on Holocaust denial allows for these anti-Semitic ideas to spread. Overall, when you add this report to yesterday's report, this just shows further lack of moderation in gaming. According to the Japanese publication Live Door, a Konami employee has been arrested for allegedly trying to kill their boss. The suspect, a 41-year-old man, allegedly came up behind his 48-year-old boss and smashed a fire extinguisher against the back of his head. The now-former Konami employee told Japanese police that he was being harassed and he hit his boss with the intention of killing him. The translated police report further goes over why this Konami employee attempted to murder his former boss. The suspect claims that he was subject to, quote, Power Harassment from his former boss, power harassment is a form of workplace bullying, where people in positions of power use their influence and status to gaslight, harass, and manipulate their subordinates. This power harassment is what led to the subject to grab a fire extinguisher off the wall and attempt to murder his former boss. Prior to this clubbing, the suspect tried to resolve the power harassment issue with Konami's Human Resources. However, all HR did was move the suspect to a different team, and seemingly the harassment continued. Despite all of that, though, Japanese police have reportedly charged the suspect with attempted murder. The boss survived the attack and is in stable condition, and is slated to be released from the hospital in about a week, pending a treatment for an unspecified, but I'm assuming related, head injury. As of this recording, Konami has not responded to press inquiry about this incident and the names and positions of those involved have not been disclosed to the public. All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Twitter at Lloyd underscore RNG. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv limit break radio my name's nate bender keep listening